afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, you need to head up to Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino in Blackhawk. They're giving away a Tesla as their latest promotion. Yeah, a Tesla if you don't want it. They're going to give you over $33,000 in cash instead with the gas prices. You could spend $33,000 in cash over just a couple of months. But a Tesla would be pretty cool, don't you think? They're giving it away. Fourth of July weekend. Go up there and check it out. You can also check out their sports book. It's Sasquatch. They have great food, 99-cent menu, and really loose slots. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I'm going to bring in a guy who was on the call on radio as the Avalanche clinched the Stanley Cup, our good friend Peter McNabb. How are you, Peter? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. A lot of things to talk about. A lot of great stories coming out of the Avalanche winning their third cup in franchise history. But I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up because Terry and I talked about it at the top of the show. <laughs> on the broadcast, I well, on the broadcast, I don't know how much you and Connor talked about all the whining that John Cooper did. But now, I don't know if you saw today, the Lightning GM decided to put out intentionally the list of injuries to his players in detail. And the way I read it was, well, we lost because our guys were injured and because the refs screwed us. As a longtime NHL guy, what kind of reaction do you think that will get around the league that the GM is whining about injuries to his guys? You know, I, it's, it, it was one of those things that my opinion doesn't mean anything. What I'll go to right away, I'll go to Gabe Landeskog right. and say, you know what, I'll leave them put out to put out their list. We don't do that. You know, and, and maybe the Avalanche will. I mean, every, listen, every, <laughs> at the end of, I think, the, I think the New York Rangers, the way they won, when the year they won the Cup, they had seven, eight, nine guys that would not have been able to start the season uh, it was a lockout year, but weren't going to be able to start start the season because of surgeries. It is a brutal, brutal fifty three, four, five days. Brutal twenty two, twenty three, twenty four games, and that's why the Avalanche. You you know you you know winning in four, and then you know six against St. Louis, but then winning in four against Edmonton. You know you ultimately you wonder uh, if that rest that they had wasn't a game one or two situation, as many people have said, is probably a more game five, six, and seven, where you just maybe have a, just a little bit more jam left over. Peter, as I was watching, I got the feeling like these were they had reverted to their childhood. They were fulfilling the dream they had when uh, they first put on skates. Am I right? Is, is it that yeah. infectious? It, you know, I have had uh, 20 phone calls from teammates all kinds of different ages who have honestly said to me they haven't enjoyed watching a team win the cup the way they enjoy the Avalanche win it. Just, you know, with, with Gabe getting the cup and the look on his face and handing it over to EJ and the two of them, best of friends, and just, 
you know, every single person that got it, if you look at the people behind, everyone was so excited for that person. It was unbelievable. And then I had the true, it was like, I've never, never done it before. Never been, you know, I just didn't even think about doing it, but I went on the ice like after everything was, you know, all the celebrations and whatever. And it was down to just family time. And they were going to take pictures with the cup, with the family. A lot of guys had their, their wives and kids and mom and dad. So there was a private sort of time on the ice when everyone could get a picture and stuff like that. And, just the just the the satisfaction, and the you know just the the feeling that because I I told some of the people that do the the national broadcast that you know one of the things you have to remember is that you go from win to win to win to upbeat win when you're covering this the, the playoffs for the Avalanche the last three years in a row there's been total devastation after two rounds, you know, three years ago, and total devastation two years ago. And then last year, um, you know, I have had quite a few people say that that one hurt so bad that the avalanche just weren't going to have it happen again. So when they got on the, I mean, you know, the, when they got on the ice together and the, just the joy, pure joy, absolutely no other word that I can think of that fits. It's a small word. But, boy, I think it really fit for that team. You remember the, the crowded, tiny locker room in the Miami arena when the Avalanche won it. <laughs> and the celebration just went on forever and ever, and the media were in there. That was different. Uh, and then the one here against the Devils was different because of the Ray Bork and the home ice and everything else. How was last night different than the other two? And, and you've touched on it a little bit, but how was it different? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, and it's 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 not something I like to talk, but you know, there's pre-salary cap and post-salary yeah. cap, and it, you know, you cannot not understand that that's been a big part of building a hockey club nowadays. You, you know, Pierre was the big time gambler. I've said this before. He in more know, ways was, than one. Yeah, he was a high roll. I mean, it was Blake, it was Bork, it was Flurry. You know, the, the bigger the fish, the more he wanted it, sort of thing. That was because he. Pierre had this thing that, you know, was fascinating talking with him. He loved to entertain the fans. He loved to have a team that was the most fun to watch, that was entertaining. Well, you know, the things change. But for Joe, he absolutely kept to that. And I think one of the things that made this one so different is that the team that came from Quebec was already really, really, really good. I mean, it was really good. It had been bad years before when nobody in Colorado had a clue about the Quebec Nordiques. But this team was Colorado's team. This gener- it's this generation's team. You know, the other generation was wonderful. We can all, when you're old enough, you can remember that team and all of the great players that played. And all. But now this one, when you, when you go back and you start with that 48-point season, even before that, Patrick quits. They, they hired Coach Bednar. You, you know, he's a, from the American Hockey League. How's he going to do? You had the high-profile coach in Patrick Waugh. Now you, you bring someone in that, you know, probably most people didn't know. and But they bring him in, and he slowly, because he suffered through, suffered through the 48-point season, just like the players. But, you know, he it just got better and better and better until this year. You know, now they're Stanley Cup champions. He's a six-year as a coach, and, in my mind, um, one of the real reasons that the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup, won the Stanley Cup, pardon me, 
was the way that his his preparation for practices was beyond anything. I'm sort of a closet practice guy. I like to go to practices and watch them and take you notes. Know, I've seen you take those notes. Yeah, my little notes and you know whatever. But it's it was fascinating then to go and watch other teams practice. No one practiced with the same speed. No one practiced with the same pace that I saw. There may well be a team out there, but the Avalanche. Everyone said, "Oh, they're so fast. They're so fast." There's lots of teams that have guys and athletes that can skate. But the Avalanche have a team and a team philosophy that is about speed. And we are going to use our speed all over the ice. We're not just going to use it offensively. It's coming back with speed, neutral zone with speed, dumping the puck in and and attacking with speed. And the defensemen are going to jump up into the play. So, you know, and everybody backs everybody up. It was this season was a, a truly wonderful year for the Avalanche. We are talking with Peter McNabb. You can catch him on Altitude Sports and Entertainment on television and on radio as well, as he was one of the guys on the call as the Avs clinched the cup. All right, I'm sure you've been asked this question. I'm guessing you've wanted to deflect it because you've been around the Avalanche organization for a very long time. I think most people would agree that the 2001 team before this season was the was the quintessential best team in Avalanche history. Now yeah, that, I disagree. No, I, th- I think you're wrong. You think the 96 team was the best? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fine. Okay. So, because so, Terry said 2001, and I think he's yeah, a crackpot. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know anything no, about it. No, no, oh, listen. Yeah. You can go, but you can go, because you have to remember, how can, how can a team be the best team when Peter Forsberg doesn't play? Okay. So, with that, yeah. you, you have the 96 <laughs> team, and I know yep. it's, it's like picking your favorite child. The 96 team plays the 2022 team. Seven-game series. Which teams win? And I'm begging you not to deflect it because you have forgotten more about hockey than I know, and I would love to hear your answer. Guys, Eric, you have to deflect it because of the salary cap. For example, the Avalanche felt they needed a really tough defense. Manson Manson was making $2 million, not a lot. But, you know, in in the old days, they would have gone out, they would have got some gigantic players. So, okay, okay, but my, my point, Peter, is this. Fine. We, we, we can say they're different eras, but let's just look at that roster and this roster. Yeah, okay, I mean, I can, I can go through and pick and choose. I mean, automatically, when you go to Patrick Waugh and Darcy Kemper, Patrick Waugh is going to win because right. Patrick Waugh is one, two, all, you know, yep. there's your argument. All right. First, second, third, best goaltender all time. Right. And Darcy... But Darcy Kemper did what you had to do. He beat the guy at the other end yep. four times. He threw a three, a zero, a two, and the last game a one. And he's the best goaltender on the planet. That's right. He's right. Got a, he's got the Stanley Cup ring right now. And, yep. and that's the only thing to judge from. You know, this constant comparison. You know, it's like people are saying, wow, is McCarr like Bobby Orr? The, listen, McCarr is, stands alone. You got, you know, is this player like Bobby Orr? Is this player like Kale McCarr? He has gotten there so fast. It is unbelievable. He is not, you don't look around and compare him. Nobody skates like he does. I mean, I've always maintained you You take McDavid, who is just a fabulous hockey player, and the way that he skates. You take McKinnon, the way that he skates. And it, and then Kale McCarr with the way that he skates. Could, do you think you could you can teach that? To anyone, any to, to in a hockey school, it's so unique. It's so interestingly different. I mean, those three guys 
are three of the very, very best skaters in the National Hockey League. Their styles, their techniques are totally different. You know, it's so trying to compare stuff because, I mean, you're going back 20 years when the game was way, believe it or not, is way slower than it is now. Way slower. And because, uh, you know, this, this, this is what happens, and this is what sometimes older players don't understand. The minute you get into the league and you start moving along and guys start to retire, guys retire, the guy that comes up behind you is faster than, and younger than you are. And then it just keeps rotating and rotating and rotating until, you know, I've heard so many guys that are, you know, older say, I'm in the best shape of my life. How come I can't keep up? Because you just don't, you can't. You're not 20. You know, you're 35. And the legs have been through a lot. And the game changes it. It speeds up. I mean, you know, I watched, you watched that Avalanche Club play the other night against, um, what was it, 14 minutes between shots on goal. They had four shots the entire third. That is a two-time Stanley Cup champion who are desperate. And the Avalanche didn't, the, the scheme was there, the, the, how they, they were, they were just faster at the puck in every situation. And that's, you know, one of the main reasons they won. Peter, thank you for your time. We look forward to seeing you at uh, training camp, what, in September? <laughs> yeah, they got camp and free yep. agency just around the corner. So, right. uh, you know, hopefully those, the management gets a chance to enjoy this, too. Well, we'll see you in the parade, I'm sure, at some point. And, <laughs> at some point. Uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you, Peter. Okay, guys, Thanks, take care. We're happy for you, too. Thanks, pal. Appreciate very it. happy. Very, very happy interesting. Yeah, an interesting year. On every level. Uh, yeah. Take care, guys. Coming up after the break, you can argue John Elway has had the most significant impact on Colorado sports. More so than Sackick. Both have three titles. Could Sackick ever pass Elway? That's next. You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at TFry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, uh, taking testosterone has become a lot easier, and I can tell you about that firsthand. Uh, low T99, first all-inclusive treatment for just 129 bucks a month. This is what you get out of it. They're going to send you the testosterone and the supplies every month, FedEx. That also includes your lab work, which you get about every three months. That could be really expensive convenience you don't have to go to the pharmacy anymore you don't have to go see the doctor anymore all of that done all of that stuff is done telemed so it's convenient on every single level i heard an ad on the radio where someone is now stealing what low t99 is doing and you know what their price is higher which i couldn't believe so not only are you getting something that is revolutionary that they developed at low t99 but you're also getting a better price. I wish I would have found these guys sooner. I've been taking testosterone for a long time. Go to LowT99.com. That's LowT99.com. Again, LowT99.com. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. All right, Terry, uh, you've been around this town, I believe, since 1976. I don't think any reasonable person before last week would argue that John Elway has been the most significant person in terms of Colorado sports in the history of this state. Joe Sackick is gaining fast. Both John Elway and Joe Sackick have won two titles. Elway has won a title as an executive. Now Sackick has won a title as an executive. So they are tied. Is Elway still the leader? Yes, he is. But Joe's, and the, one of the reasons I'll say that is because I'm projecting that it's not going to be much longer before John, before John Elway is surpassed by Joe Sackick. Well, you can argue that John Elway got two teams to the Super Bowl as an executive. Yeah. So Joe needs to at least go to another cup final. I think so. I I don't even look at it. I look at it as winning one. No, no. What I'm saying is to match Elway in terms of as an executive getting to a Super Bowl, getting to a one and one, one when he is in his correct. So Elway in theory is still ahead. I think the difference between the two is, but I'm saying that Joe, Joe Sackick went to the final and won it. It doesn't matter if he went a second time and lost in the final. I think where Joe has the advantage over John in 2000. So let's go back to 2015 when Elway as the executive won a title. I think the advantage that Sackick has is he still has his core. Yes, he does. And Elway knew Manning was going to retire. So after 2015, you kind of knew it was over. Yeah, and I think we see it coming with Joe Sackick. This is not going to be the only Stanley Cup they win. Right. Well, they they will win the Stanley Cup multiple times. And something else to consider. And here's a difference. It's not a knock on Elway. I'm just stating a fact. Elway built his championship roster on free agency. Mm-hmm. Joe built his team through the draft. Now, in all fairness, he, he had the first he had the first overall pick, second overall pick, and third overall pick. Fourth overall pick. And fourth overall pick, and that's the core of his team. He got Byram in and uh, Kale McCarver. With the he had a lot pick. of top five picks. Yeah. And Elway had one. And he picked Von Miller, so you give him credit for that, for sure. But that Super Bowl team was essentially built through free agency. There's or, nothing wrong with that. No, or guys he never drafted. He didn't draft Demarius Thomas. He didn't draft Eric Decker. But he did bring in Wes Welker. He did bring in Emmanuel Sanders, free agents, right? Mm-hmm. He did bring in C.J. Anderson, although C.J. Anderson was undrafted. He brought in DeMarcus Ware, free agent. Akib Talib, Darian Stewart, T.J. Ward, free agents. But when you look at the core of this team, they are essentially draft picks. All draft picks. I mean, who's the core of this team? Landeskog, draft pick. McKinnon, draft pick. McCarr, draft pick. Uh, Rannon, draft pick. Byram, draft pick. And all these guys are still relatively young. But then again, Sackick's teams were so bad at times, they had the opportunity to make those picks. But he got hit on those picks, too. But in his first year with Patrick Waugh, when the band was back together, they had a tremendous Patrick, season. Patrick, oh, go ahead. They had a tremendous season getting 112 points. That was an aberration. And then they, and you and I have talked about that. Yeah, and, and Patrick will tell you it was because Varlamov was terrific that year. Right. 
And, but it was a case of getting, getting here and then realizing it is time to start to tear down the next re- season. They realized that right with uh, and Jared Bednar and why was it? Well, uh, Jared Z- Bednar did three years down the road. Zachary had no interest in doing it the way that he did it in theory until Wa barked loudly enough and Sackick said, take a hike. Well, it wasn't quite that simple. Well, no, but what I mean is they weren't seeing eye to eye. No, they weren't. Sackick was the boss and Wa quit again. And that's what Peter McNabb said. He quit, he quit on this franchise. Well, Wa's three years as coach were, were pretty good. They didn't make the playoffs the last two times. Do you think this is the same roster with Patrick Wa as the head coach? No, it wouldn't be because he would, Part of the deal was he very much was covetous of the title. He wanted to be vice president of hockey operations. He considered that important. And so I think he, there's nothing wrong with it. That was part of the agreement was that he would have a major input in the decision-making on bringing in the players. And so I don't think it's sim- It's as simple as saying he quit. I think it, it's, it's simple enough to say he didn't think the, the outline of terms that he was brought in under was being abided by. Uh, were you surprised? Because I was here too. When they when Sackig brought in Wah, did you think because of the personality differences, and they are vast, did you think Wah would eventually start to overrun Sackig with his piss and vinegar? No, I, the way I looked at it, and I wrote a column about it at the time, and, and this is what I really believe, is that Joe Sackig needed to act like Patrick Wah's boss not like his friend. And it was going to be a test of their friendship. And I turned out to be right on that point. And I, I saw that coming. They're very strong-willed guys. Joe's more, Joe, you you know Joe's personality is not really overtly outgoing. He's or, not effusive. No. And so I, I think a lot of people were fooled by that. But he was, he, he gave Patrick back just as much as Patrick could take. Right. One yelled. And the other one very quietly told the other guy what he thought without losing his cool. Come on, Patrick. They were the come on, Patrick speeches. Right. And eventually, Patrick didn't want any part of it. But honestly, Bednar was the right coach for this team. Well, with Patrick, it really came down to the fact that he'd, we've discussed this many times, that his preference was for big physical defensemen. And part of that was a reflection of the position he played. He wanted the, he wanted the guys standing there cleaning out his crease to be big, strong, and physical. You know, and, and, and I'm not even saying I don't understand that because I do. Well, you know what's interesting? John Elway wanted a quarterback in his image as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he wanted types. Right. He he was a, Elway was very much a measurables guy. And even though Elway was not six 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 seven, he wanted big, strong-armed guys who could run. He's a, he's a tall man with a big arm. That's right, Vance. <laughs> That's exactly what Paxton Lynch was. So that so Elway Paxton Lynch was goofy too. Paxton Lynch had a lot of problems. The, the, the Paxton Lynch era was a joke, and I'm being kind. Yeah, a guy who just didn't take it seriously in a big goofball, um, and never took being a, a first round pick seriously. But it's interesting how Wah. Here's here's another way to put it. Sakic was savvy enough to change with the times Mm -hmm. where Elway and Wah, two great Hall of Fame players, did not want to evolve into what was next in their sport. Mm -hmm. 
They saw what worked in the 1990s and in the 1980s and said, this will translate into 2015, 16, 17. And it doesn't because the game evolves. You know, we'll never know is what would have happened if Patrick had stayed, stayed for one more year and been there when the 2017 draft came up. Of course, they might not have had the same draft position. You mean with McCarr? With McCarr being there at number four. And, and we don't know if they still would have had the number four pick if Patrick had coached that season. Right. I think it probably would have been lower. They probably would have been picking 10 or something like that. But it, let's just say if he had been there and they had the number four pick, would he have said, that, that McCarr kid's going to be great? Right. Well, you, you can also look back and say, if the Broncos don't hire Josh McDaniels, right, who wrecked the organization, yeah. they never would have had the number two overall pick in the 2011 draft, and that turned out to be Von Miller. Mm-hmm. So we can go back and, and, and have revisionist history. If this happens, this yeah. doesn't happen, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> it was not a good thing hiring Josh McDaniels. Just ask the guys who played for him. And I've talked to too many of those guys, but that did net, that did net Von Miller. And then eventually the timing led to getting Peyton Manning the next year. I know a lot of people think this is revisionist history, but I think Patrick Waugh was a good coach. I think I won't, the, I I think won't the disagree with that. The circumstances of the breakup involved other things besides coaching. No, I don't the think it, coaching part of it. I don't think it really involved coaching that much either. I think it involved that Patrick wanted certain types of players. Joe wanted certain mm-hmm. types of players. One guy had a bigger title, and he was the guy who was going to win. And you know what? I was a little surprised because I can't say that Joe's a close friend of mine, but I know him well enough, and so do you. I was worried that Patrick Waugh was going to bulldoze Joe Sackett. No, I never worried about that. You didn't? No, I didn't. Good. Because one guy has a fiery personality, and the other one has a, for lack of a better phrase, ice personality, (laughs) where he will stare you down, but he knows what he wants to do. Yeah. And that's Joe Sackett. So, all right, coming up after the break... Big move in the NBA. And how will this affect the Nuggets? Indirectly. not di- Well, actually directly. How will this affect the Nuggets directly, even though it's a move being made by another team? That's nice. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at STHMazda.com. Okay, Terry, John Wall reached a buyout agreement with the Houston Rockets, and now he is poised to sign with the L.A. Clippers. 
I got to tell you something. This is not good news for the Nuggets. The Clippers weren't very good last year. But then again, they didn't really have Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. And that threesome, I love. I mean, I really like the I really like the threesome for the Nuggets. But as we've talked about, MPJ has not proven that he can stay healthy for an entire season. John Wall's 31 years old, but he's got enough left to be a contributor for that team. He's a player. And to make the people around him better, that's probably the most important part of it. And so I see them I see them nudging that nuggets down a little bit in the in the conference. Well, looking and, at and, and, and maybe ending up a play-in type team. Well, listen, a lot of teams there are going to be some there's changes major and minor changes. Just quickly looking at the West, DeAndre Ayton is likely going to be leaving the Suns. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a loss for them. I'm not saying they take a major step back, but they're going to take a little bit of a step back. But they'd be in the top 6 regardless. They would be. They would be. Memphis is really good. Golden State they are the champions. Uh, Luka Doncic. Let's see how Mark Cuban and that and that executive team build around him. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they wind up doing in free agency. The Jazz. I think they're going to take a step back because I don't know if Gobert or Donovan Mitchell are going to be there next year. New get, coach, be, right? Because they lost Snyder. Um, the Nuggets. It's it's about health for these guys, right? Yes. And let's see what they do in free agency in terms of bringing in guys who are better defensively. Minnesota is going to be a good team next year. Not because Tim Conley's there, but because they have a pretty good roster and an up-and-coming roster. Zion Williamson, he's going to be back for the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. The Clippers, I believe, are going to be better. So the Nuggets finished with the sixth seed. It all depends on health. So if those three guys, talking about Jokic and Murray, and MPJ, if they all play to their potential, where do you see them? Seventh. If they all play to their potential, I don't. But I, you keep saying, in my mind, MPJ, you he's really got to prove it to me. No, I no, but his potential is. When you say if, I don't think that if is even possible. I don't know. I'm saying if he stays healthy, and he. Comes close he has to, to get healthy too, though. No, I, well, he has a whole off season. He has a listen. I was never a fan of signing that max contract. Yeah, never. I said it the day it happened. I said that to Andrew. I don't know what the rush was. Does he have a lot of upside? He does. So he's a tremendous shooter. Needs to be better defensively and needs to learn to move without the ball. But if he reaches, let's say, 80, 85% of his potential, stays healthy, of course. Jamal Murray, he's an ascending player. Those three guys throwing Aaron Gordon and his defense, oh, they're, they're, they're easily a top four seed. I'm easily. From, I'm, if from not Missouri. I'm from Missouri on this one. You got to show me. Until they do, until they show me they can get healthy, stay healthy. I agree. Especially MPJ. Then I, I'm going to be very cynical about the, about the outlook. And I, don't, I think they're going to be seven. Okay, work with me here, just for fun. He does reach his potential. Okay. He starts to reach his potential. I understand your point, and you're not wrong. You're right in saying he hasn't proven he can and stay I'd healthy. Them, I'd move them up to fifth. That's it? Yeah. Mm, I'd move them higher than that. I would definitely move them higher than that. But I, I think it's such a theoretical discussion because I don't think it's going to happen. I think there, if those three, okay, but again, Again, this is Sports Talk Radio, all right? <laughs> Danny, I'll ask you, if all three guys are healthy and MPJ starts to reach his potential, how good can this team be? With health and consistency, I think they're 
probably a two seed in the West. Oh, Danny. I, I, w- I would say I would say especially be- with Aiden leaving, like you said, that's right. a huge hit. That's a huge hit for them. Memphis is coming hard. They are just going to get better. I think they're going to be a threat for many years to come. But that threesome, if MPJ is healthy, and I know it's an if because we can play the what if, if game with if, all teams. If it snows tomorrow, well, we can play. Okay, we can play what ifs with all teams, and I understand that. And. Porter Jr. has not proven that he could stay healthy or be consistent. But when he is on the floor, he's a pretty good player. Yeah. He's a pretty good player. But he doesn't play much defense. No, but a lot of guys don't play. Kevin Durant doesn't play any defense. Right? Right. Okay, there are a lot of guys who are great offense. Uh, Carmelo Anthony didn't play any defense. <laughs> he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So you, you can still be a, a really good uh player on your team and and maybe even lead your team even if you don't play defense that that might be what mpj is mm-hmm. and like jamal murray's a good off a defensive player not great Jokic is getting better but no one is going to be on any all defensive team i'm with you on that that's why they need to add those pieces so if they add some nice defensive pieces they're going to get their offense from that core three. Every once in a while, Aaron Gordon's going to score 15 to 20 points, although he averaged 15 points. He'll score 20 to 22 points. Defensively, he's terrific. You just can't have him as a power forward in the playoffs guarding shooting guards. Are they going to succeed in trading Will Barton? Y- yes, because somebody will want that expiring contract. I just don't know what they'll get in return. Okay. Somebody's going to want $14 million that they know they can shed. A team that isn't very good. Somebody will take him. And Monte Morris, they might want to... I know they want to move him. Yeah. But I don't think in the trade offers that they have gotten, and I, from what I understand, they have gotten offers, it's not enough. But if I'm Calvin Booth, I don't hold out for something crazy. If you want to move him, move him. And then we'll see what this rookie can do, this brown guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he's, he's a... He's a um, to me, when I look at Brown, he's a nice piece that you want on every championship team. He's a Swiss Army knife. He does a little bit of everything. Small but he, forward or guard? Yeah. I mean, when I say Swiss Army knife, I mean, yes, you have a small knife, but it can't chop down a tree. <laughs> right? You could do little things here and there. And always remains neutral. Right. Like Switzerland? Yeah. Nicely done. What do we have coming up on uh, Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? The Big 12 looking for a new commissioner. They have a name that they are pretty high on. We'll talk about who that is, what it signals about the changing world of college sports. And also, Eric, you had an interesting idea about something that the Avalanche should do for the parade. Well, on I'm going to give I'm going to give credit to one of our listeners, Bob. That's it's Bob's idea. But it was an interesting topic. I love it. I love the idea. So thank you, Bob, for sharing that with Eric. And uh, we'll talk about that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. Just want you to know you could do that. Go to RMFP.com. It's at T Fry at Eric Goodman. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. Oh, Black Betty. Can't get enough Black Betty, can we? It's a great song. It's a great song. Wham Wham Want to pop that back up? Yeah. Time now for the final word. Look at Alex. Yeah. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, great suggestion from uh, one of our listeners for something the Avalanche should do for the parade on Thursday. So thank you, Bob, for uh, bringing this to light with Eric. And thank you, Eric, for bringing it to me in the break. Should the Avalanche consider inviting the DU Pioneers to be a part of their parade? They should consider it if the logistics are possible. There's probably legal things and having to sign off on releases and all those things. If it can be done, by all means. Well, my question is, how many of the DU Pioneers are in town? How many of the, because they're off school. How many could they actually could, they could, I'm sure they could have a representative group of guys who are taking summer school. Right. I think I think it would be a neat idea. I mean, it's the Avs party. If They they can invite whoever they want, right? They're going to probably invite about 10,000 people. So well, why not invite the Pioneers? But then again, and I don't, I, I, please don't take this the wrong way. Didn't Denver East win a high school hockey title? Yes, they did. Why not invite them? And then I heard there was like a peewee or a midget team that won a title here in Denver. You're, you're trying to rain on the parade, literally. No, I'm not. No, but from what I understand, well, I know Denver East did win a what was considered a national hockey title. But then I, I think I read it or I heard somewhere. or Listen, I, I wrote it down, then I read it. I believe everything that I read. Uh, Especially that, if it's on Twitter. That's right. I think that there was like a like a bunch of little guys who won a title. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, don't you think? I think you can step back and say, we're going to invite DU and that's it. And that's fine. Um, I don't know. I don't know if DU should go up on the podium with the ass. No, I probably not. Maybe you can introduce get them in the, the front row. Introduce them. Right. Something Salute like them. That. Recognize them. Recognized. By the way, I looked this up at, before the Stanley Cup Finals. And, and we should say Logan O'Connor has won both. Right. I looked this up before the playoffs started. I think this has now happened four times, maybe five, that a same NHL market. team and a college team from the same city have won a title. I believe the Bruins in Boston, that has happened. Michigan and the Red Wings, that has happened. And for one of those states or cities has happened twice where in Boston it's happened twice Michigan it's happened once mm-hmm. or it's happened in Michigan twice and Boston once but now Denver's on the list Chris Bru- Chris Drury has been in the parade as member of the 2001 team and I remember I went up to him one time and said something about you having played at, at Boston College and he looked at me and he, he wouldn't talk to me for a week because he went to Boston I can see him being well. A lot of people don't want to talk to him. Period. So I can't believe Boston College and Boston University hate each other. Right, right. Well, 
Whatever. It's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what sports and being in colleges is kind of about. Yeah, I, I, I got can, back can on his good side by writing a, a really long piece about his his Little League World Series championship. So he kissed his ass. Yeah. Nice. That's always a good way to get back into somebody's good graces. Just yes. kiss their ass. Yeah. Just in case you missed it, uh, you could kiss someone's ass with the answer to this question if there is a former coach who you're interested in doing that for. Uh, Steve Clifford has agreed to a deal with the Charlotte Hornets to be their head coach again. He served in that same position with Charlotte from 2013 to 2018. Is there any Denver head coach who you wish got a second chance with their team? This one's easy for me, Mike D'Antoni. He, he coached here his first NBA job one year, got a raw deal and a lockout shortened season when they were 14 and 36, and he got fired. Give him a full, at least a full year. He's a, he's much older now. He's in his early 70s, so that might be the issue. I would have taken Mike Shanahan over Vance Joseph. Yeah. I would have, but didn't work out that way. Did they ask you? Did they ask me what? Well, you thought. They usually don't. I know, I know that seems shocking to yes, you. Yes, it does. Because really nobody values my opinion, specifically the teams in town. Just in case you, you missed it, the Big 12 is pursuing Brett Yormark, the current COO of Jay-Z's Rock Nation, to be the next commissioner of the conference. He was also the CEO of the Brooklyn Nets back in 2005 to about 2018. Uh, with the explosion of NIL deals in college sports, will we see a lot more agents and entertainment industry executives entering leadership roles in college sports? It wouldn't surprise me, I mean, if it's a way to bring in revenue, and it doesn't bring in revenue necessarily for the college, but if it's a way to be a conduit to get some of these players NIL deals, then yeah, it does make sense. I would be a little uncomfortable if NIL becomes so important to the framework of college football that you have league commissioners having that as almost their sole responsibility. The new Pac-12 commissioner, what was his old job? I don't even know. He was an executive at MGM. I don't know the exact title. Oh, yeah, but... big, a big gambling yeah, big gambling, uh, you know, company. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Pac-12 wouldn't want to have anything to do no, with that. No, they wouldn't. Gambling. He was, he was in charge of a big gambling racket operation. Now he runs the Pac-12. Wouldn't want to do that. That's different than NIL, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Are uh, college players allowed to sign with DraftKings? Or FanDuel? Yes. Oh, there you go. So maybe if Rick George doesn't work out here at Colorado, maybe you bring in an executive from Wynn, the Wynn Casinos. Would that be a Would that be a bad deal? I still remember when we couldn't even mention gambling on the air. Right. Well, now it's all over the place. All right, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, Fourth of July is coming up fast, so you're going to want to be part of the big sales at Argonaut Wine and Liquor. And don't forget, if you're hosting a big party over the 4th of July weekend, they deliver in the entire Denver metro area. Every order over 100 bucks is free. Stop by Argonaut today off of Colfax or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Alex and Danny, great job today. Same with you, Terry. Thanks. Make it the best possible night you can. <laughs>